Microsoft has seemingly surrendered the console war and has shifted its focus to its platform. Plus, AI is the new buzzword, and some people think it will reinvent gaming mechanics that already exist. Tonight is May 14th, 2023, and the Bobby Blackwell Show featuring your calls and chat comments is up next. So, so love, you would say, uh, even if... Okay, I'll let you go. You talk. Wow, what, what happened to your voice? Thank you, Skype. So video games, that's what the show is about. This is that one, Akia Ripper from uh, Sweden. And what's with all the Halo hate, Bob? You've been hating on Halo a lot lately. I, I just don't like shooters. I'm not saying it's a bad game, I just don't like it. Billy O'Kay says he can't be seen in public playing games that aren't hardcore, what would people say? And what up, G and Chad is once again talking about wrestling. That's why it's it's not because they hate the fans. It's more because they have to start from scratch. Uh, hogwash. Later. From a little room in Atlanta, Georgia, Bobby Blackwolf. That's right. This is going to be the one podcast in gaming not talking about Zelda. That's right, because I didn't get it. Uh, hello, everybody. Welcome to a non-Zelda edition of the Bobby Black Wolf Show, where we discuss the current news uh, affecting the video game industry, as well as sometimes reminisce about gaming's history. My name is Bobby Black Wolf. For joining us live here in uh, here on this uh, Earthbound Day, Happy Earthbound Day, uh, which was actually called called Mother uh, in, in Japan. If, if uh, ha- hope you had a Happy Mother's Day, if uh, if you are a mother uh, of of any type, um, I hope that you had a uh, I hope that you had 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 a good relaxing day that you should have. Uh so so happy Earthbound Day to everybody. Uh from me, maybe not from Reggie Fisame. He doesn't want to hear about it at all. Uh Reggie Fisame does not want to hear about your mother three, your mother one, two, whatever. Uh but uh, but so happy happy Earthbound Day to everybody. Uh but don't ask Reggie about that and and uh i'm showing on twitch a tweet he makes every single year of uh reggie fils it's an art piece of him holding his ears uh what with uh characters from the mother series holding up signs saying we want mother three so uh but no i did not get uh i i, I have no tears of the kingdom uh no no tears uh here for for, for the kingdom uh, I did, and the reason I didn't get it yet, uh, and probably not at all, I don't like the weapon degradation system from Breath of the Wild, and so I never finished Breath of the Wild, and there's weapon degradation in this game, so I don't need it. So, uh, but I do hear that a lot of people are loving it. It's their game of the year. That is awesome. Uh, that is wonderful. It most it obviously won't be my game of the year, but that's okay. We can have multiple people with multiple game of the year. Uh, so people in chat were talking about that, and so I'm glad that uh, a lot of people are enjoying it. Uh, and thankfully, they did keep the the uh, idea of scanning an amiibo uh, gives you health, because that was one of the things I liked in the first game, and I I used I used that all the time. So uh, let's talk about something that's going to be happening in a couple weeks. Uh, Summer Games Done Quick 2023. This hasn't changed, but I do want to kind of remind people uh, that I'm going to be there, so I will not be here doing this show. I believe it's two weeks from tonight. So I will be here next week. OLR will not be here next week. And then I will not be here in two weeks because I will be up in Minneapolis. Uh, and OLR will be here. So you're going to get Vogue Network stuff each week. You're not going to get it, but sometimes it's going to be just me. Sometimes it's going to be just OLR, just like it was last week. Because I was not here last week. Uh, I was on a, I, I was at, I was home. I, well, not home. I was in the city. I was at the airport running through trying to get to my car. Um, 
So, uh, uh, but I am going to be at Summer Games Done Quick 2023, uh, uh, benefiting Doctors Without Borders. And uh, I have two shifts. And uh, last I checked, and I actually didn't check today, but I would have probably been informed uh, if they had changed. So I am doing two shifts. I'm going to be on Monday morning, uh, starting at around 11 a.m. Eastern Time, uh, Alien Swarm. Uh, and any percent co-op between Kikistas and Mr. Deagle. Uh, then right after that, uh, that's about a 20-minute game. After that, my buddy Froob, that we did all the Yakuza stuff with, we're not doing Yakuza. We're doing Attack on Titan 2, final battle. So that's going to be happening uh, right after that. And then after that, that's about about 50 minutes is how much that's going to take. And then after that, Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII Reunion is an 80% race between Desa3579 and Big Sid. So uh, that is what I'm going to be doing on Monday morning, early afternoon, lunchtime on the East Coast, breakfast time on the West Coast. Uh, but then Tuesday night is kind of the big one. That is uh, when I'm going to be hosting on stage because those first ones, those are remote runners. So they're actually running from the from their home. Uh, that way we can get some international runners that can't get to America. I know Froob uh, wouldn't be able to make it back, make it out here to America. He's out in the UK. Uh, so it's great that he still gets to be part of GDQ, uh, even though he can't physically be in Minneapolis this time around. But Tuesday night, I am going to be in person on stage uh, doing the the game that I am most looking forward to, and uh, this is Silent Hill Home Poor. It's being run by Schmumbler, and you're probably sitting there going, "Bobby, you, uh, I've never heard of this game. Silent Hill Home Poor does not exist." And you are correct. And you're probably sitting there going, "I've heard of Silent Hill Homecoming, and I've heard of Silent Hill Downpour, but there is no such thing as Silent Hill Home Poor." So here's here's what it is. Silent Hill Downpour has unskippable cutscenes. So. Schmumbler plays Silent Hill Homecoming during the cutscenes of Downpour. And so it's a picture-in-picture, and they he basically switches controllers and plays a different game. Uh, and then he finishes basically both of them at the same time. So it's going to be great. That's about two hours and 45 minutes for that. And then uh, Drucifer Plays is uh, uh, going to be doing Signalus right after that, and that's about a 50-minute uh, game, a uh, 50-minute estimate for that. And so that'll go until about 3 a.m., uh, so, uh, that is going to be Tuesday night, Wednesday morning. And I hope to, uh, hope to see you there. Uh, if you want to donate, uh, that would be awesome. Uh, I will give you some tips on how to, uh, on, if you really want your comment read on the air, uh, basically if you make your comment about, uh, the run that is on right now, if you hear that is, there is an incentive being pushed, uh, mention that incentive, uh, in your donation comment, that also helps. Uh, or, or mention the charity. Um, so really it's, if you can mention those, then it's more likely that your donation will be sent up the chain. There are two people that see them before the host sees them. And then the host doesn't get a chance to read all of them because it really depends on how many times the the runners and commentators want to break for donations. So, uh, that is, uh, that's going to be Southern games done quick. That's in two weeks. Uh, so let's go ahead and get into what goes on. What's, what's happened in the past two weeks because I wasn't here last week. And so I didn't get to cover this story, but uh, I believe E3VL on our website actually said, I really want you to cover this story. So you know what? I am going to go back in time, uh, two weeks, to uh, kind of the big story that was probably talked about last week uh, here on the show uh, on a bunch of podcasts. And that's Microsoft apparently surrendering the console war, which is really that is the, the headline that is a little more nuanced 
Like the actual thing is a little more nuanced, but I'm not above clickbait right now. So you can click on the screen. Actually, no. If you click on the video, it pauses the video. Don't do that. Don't click on anything. Uh, Video Games Chronicle reports that while claiming that the console is the core of the Xbox brand, Microsoft's head of gaming has reiterated the company needs to focus on the wider gaming market if it is to be successful. During the Kind of Funny Games X-Cast podcast, uh, Phil Spencer uh, of, of Microsoft was asked if Xbox has taken its eye off the console market by focusing too much on PC. In response, he said that Microsoft would be wrong to think that just building great console titles would help it overtake Sony and Nintendo in terms of hardware sales. Instead, it has chosen to pursue a different strategy to the Japanese companies, one focused on fulfilling developers' business uh, vision of enabling customers to play their games on any screen. Um, so he says, quote, we're not in the business of out Sony or out Nintendo. There isn't really a great solution or win for us. And I know that I, this will upset a ton of people, but it's just the truth of the matter. When you're in third place in the console marketplace and the top two players are as strong as they are and have, in certain cases, a very, very discreet focus on doing deals and other things that kind of make being Xbox hard for us as a team. And that's on us, not on anybody else. I see commentary that if you build just great games, everything would turn around. It's not that true. It's just not true that if we go off and build great games, that all of a sudden you're going to see the console share shift in some dramatic way. We lost the worst generation to lose in the Xbox One generation where everybody built their digital library of games. So when you go out and you're building on Xbox, we want our Xbox community to feel awesome. But this idea that if we just focused more on great games or our console, that somehow we're going to win the console race... I think that do- that doesn't really lay into the reality of most people, unquote. Um, so essentially what, essentially what he's kind of saying is, uh, and he actually makes this point a little bit later, um, quote, this is the first generation where the big games that they're playing were games that were available last generation. When you think about Fortnite and Roblox and Minecraft, the continuity, continuity from generation to generation is so strong. I see a lot of pundits out there that kind of wanted to go back to a time where we all had cartridges and discs and every new generation was a clean slate. You could switch the whole con- uh, to the whole console share. That's just not the world we live in today. There is no world where Starfield is an 11 out of 10 and people start selling their PS5s. That's not going to happen, unquote. And here's the thing. He's right. Like, it sucks to hear that. And it sucks if you have decided that Xbox is going to be your horse in the race and you're only going to be Xbox and you're going to be nothing else. That hurts to hear. But unfortunately... When you look at the wider ecosystem right now and you look at everybody, that's true. And E3VL says people may not sell their PS5s, but they may, uh, I guess, buy an Xbox or they may sell Xbox or cancel Game Pass subs. So what they're actually trying to do is, and I've, I've said this before. So let me repeat E3L's comment, because now I know what he says. I'm going to say it right this time. I apologize, E3L. People may not sell their PS5s, but they may sell their Xbox or cancel their Game Pass subscription because they're not going to focus on the console. Microsoft, I have actually been saying for years, and people thought I was wild for saying this, is that Microsoft's not in the console business, and they're not in the console war. They are in the platform business. They are in the platform war. Xbox, to them, is a platform. It is not a console. 
a console is a part of the platform, and he does admit that it is a very integral part of their platform, but it is not their platform. Uh, or or the, the console is not it. Xbox and Game Pass are is their platform, and what they want is for people to be playing uh, playing on the Xbox platform, which that means going to uh, PC because that's the Xbox platform. Windows uh, Windows is the you know the Xbox platform, and buying things through that, and that's why they even sell through Steam. That's on the Xbox side. Or Game Pass, and and the the cloud gaming that's on Game Pass, that is their platform. That is what they want people to have, and if they they would love to have people to have access to Game Pass from their PS Five, they would love that. Sony doesn't want that because Microsoft then gets money. But I think Microsoft's hoping that Game Pass is going to be their key to being profitable in the game industry. They have, I guess, they have decided, and frankly, I think they've got a point here, that Sony and Nintendo basically have, it's it's now between them and the console race. Microsoft cannot catch up anymore. Microsoft does not have the resources nor the drive to catch up to Sony and Nintendo. And so they're trying to pivot to stay in the gaming space. And they are wanting to now stay. They're, they're now actually saying the quiet part out loud that Game Pass is really what they're going for, not Xbox. Last November, Phil Spencer told The Verge's Decoder podcast that Xbox would struggle to continue as a global business if the company remained irrelevant in mobile. He said, quote, the smallest screen that we play on is actually the biggest screen when you think about the installed base in phones. That's just a place where if we don't gain relevancy as a gaming brand, we're not alone in seeing this. Over time, the business will become kind of untenable for any of us. If we're not able to find customers on phones on any screen that someone wants to play on, you're really going to get segmented to a niche part of gaming that running a global business will become very challenging. As a percent of the overall gaming business, the console business is shrinking because the overall business is growing and console stays relatively flat as a business. Same thing with PC, unquote. Uh, and then he does say on the Kind of Funny podcast uh, that developers want their games to be playable on as many devices as possible. He says, quote, we have this unique vision because we see what creators want to do. Creators want to build games that can meet players on any screen. People play with their friends regardless of what other screen they're on. And the console is the core of the Xbox brand. There's no doubt. So we will stay focused on making sure that the console experience is often. But I know some people want to hold us up as being just being a better green version of what the blue guys do, and I'm just going to say there's not a win for Xbox in staying in the wake of somebody else. We have to go off and do our own thing with Game Pass, with the stuff we, we do with what, xCloud, and the way we build our games, unquote. Uh, and then he also says in the interview he apologized for the state of Xbox's latest big for, uh, first-party release, Redfall, which he ex- said he expected to review better. And while he admitted that the company failed to deliver on what it presented la- during last year's Xbox showcase, Spencer said he is very enthusiastic about this June showcase event and Microsoft's upcoming games. And uh, Fifth Dream says, I've honestly never seen a game on Game Pass where I've wanted enough to even pay a month for. Like every game I play, I own on PlayStation. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I, um, I actually think Game Pass is great and it's because it's all the games that I normally wouldn't play. I'm like, I can try that. I can give that a go. 
And with the cloud gaming, I don't even need to download the whole thing to my machine because I've got data caps. Uh, it actually takes less data for me to stream it from the cloud to my console uh, and play a little bit of it there to see if I actually want to download it. Well, like Fifth Dream says, every game that he'd want to play on a Game Pass is on PlayStation. He already owns it on PlayStation because that's where he... I, I'm assuming that's kind of where you were... Uh, maybe you, you built up your PlayStation 4 library. I don't know. I don't know Fifth Dream personally. I don't know the console situation or where he came from. And, uh, you know, but I, you built, you might've built your library up on PlayStation four. And so you're going to get those stuff on PlayStation five. Also, that might be where you're, if you do play online with friends, not everybody does. I know I don't do that much multiplayer gaming at all. If your friends are on PlayStation, you're going to buy the game on PlayStation. If it's a third party title, that's multi-platform, you're going to buy it where your friends are. And... So why would you get an Xbox if or Game Pass if everything is going to be available on PlayStation? You could just buy it on PlayStation. And, you know, Phil Spencer's right. As much as it sucks and as much as people who pledge allegiance to a certain piece of plastic uh, don't want to admit it, he's right. Because Sony... Basically sinks all their money in these big explosive first party titles that that uh, you know that they can sell for seventy bucks and people buy for seventy bucks and you know review really well and all that stuff and and they they've got you know the biggest bang for their buck in the graphics side of everything because this is what they've been doing for way longer than Microsoft has been doing in the gaming space. I mean and not way longer. Sony got in the gaming space about six years before Microsoft did, but they've. Their emphasis was on the storytelling of the games, uh, where Microsoft kind of wasn't. It never was. Um, and then Nintendo has basically their they're the Disney of gaming. They've got their tentpole franchises. They've got uh, game designers that have worked on the franchise for for decades. Uh, they don't have as much churn as, say, American developers do. Because somebody was asking, like, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Fifth Dream. I'm going to talk about Zelda for a second here. Uh, but people were talking about why is Tears of the Kingdom reviewing so well. And it's because the same people who worked on the first one in the 80s still work at Nintendo. And they're still working on them today, which is something that you find in Japanese companies a lot. Because in Jap Japanese work culture, you don't leave where you work. You basically you, you 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 stay there until you retire. That is still the way that it works in Japan. That's not the way it works in America, where you know, or, or in Europe or something, where you release a game and then they they release the team. You know, they they lay off everybody and then they start with a new team, except except for a couple designers. But at Nintendo, the people that were working on Zelda have been working on Zelda for decades, uh, and that's why. They have all that intrinsic knowledge of what has worked and what hasn't worked, and they've been able to build on it, whereas that's not the case in a lot of other franchises. And E3VL points out, Halo isn't the same without Bungie. Prime example there. S. Jeronimat says, so I am terrible at FIFA games so much that I would never buy one. Game Pass gives me the option to try it and not be committed $70 to it. And yes, like because Game Pass has the EA Play, and you get last year's sports game. And so you can actually try the last, you know, the sports games and play the last year's sports games without committing 60 or 70 or 80 bucks to it. Uh, and 
with that, you can still buy, like, their EA's happy because you can still buy Ultimate Team stuff. You can still participate in the microtransactions. I wouldn't. Don't do it. But you can still try those and play those. And, like, I mean, I could get the, the um, I don't know what the sport is, NHL? Like, I don't, I live in Atlanta. I don't understand what that sport is. Um, but I could possibly get that and see if I could figure out what that sport is. Nintendo having their first party franchises that they've had for decades and the people who've been working on them for decades still working on them today, that is is very difficult to go up against. And Sony having figured out their variation of the secret sauce with the, the big budget, uh, you know, really well made story driven games that they spend a lot of money on. Microsoft has said they can't spend that kind of money on their game development because it's Game Pass. Like they can't spend that much. And Sony's even said we can't put our games on our Game Pass equivalent because we would lose money. We would have to lower the budget of the games. They wouldn't be as good, and that would not be good for gamers. They've actually argued that in the courts, and when they're trying to block Microsoft from buying Activision, uh, they said if we had to adapt to the Game Pass model, our games would suffer and gamers would suffer, and this would be bad for the gamers. That is tough to hear. If If you are somebody who wants to pledge allegiance to a very specific piece of plastic uh xbox may not be the one you want to do that to um most uh most all xbox games uh especially first party ones you can play on a pc uh and you can use your pc for other things and the games will even probably run better on your pc because if you have the money you can actually make your pc actually run better than an xbox series x um so and and you can play the Game Pass play Game Pass games anywhere on on PC or on your mobile device. Um, maybe not the EA Play. The EA Plays you can't play on the mobile device, uh, and you kind of have to have the the console for that. But um, you don't. It, it, Xbox is probably not where you want to have your single console. Tyreclaw says these games will probably run well on that new Asus Ally, uh, Ally handheld device. Yeah, there's the new. Uh, the, the new Steam Deck competitor that actually runs Windows 11 instead of running Steam OS, which is a Linux variant. Uh, and that's been, I've been seeing some good buzz about that. It, uh, a lot of that stuff came out when I was on my business trip. So it's like when you're on a business trip, especially when it's as packed as some other business trips, this is, you know, remember business trips? Remember actually flying places? Yeah, we're doing that again in 2023. Uh, you kind of get disconnected from everything because I'm not like sitting online like I normally am when I'm just sitting at work. Michigan says, but what about those of us who can't afford a PC? And if we do have a PC, what if we don't have the money to upgrade said PC? Um, then, so yes. Um, but what I would th- think about is at that point, because that is very real. What Michigan said is very real, very valid, extremely valid, 100%. Um, it really depends on what games you want to play. And the better exclusives... Microsoft has said the better exclusives are on Nintendo and Sony. They're on PlayStation and they're on Switch. So they're kind of conceding that. What I think they want is for Game Pass to be available on those systems as well as on the Xbox system. And that way you would be able to get to play their stuff because they want you to be able to play Xbox games on your mobile phone. That's that's really what they want. That way you don't need to even get an Xbox. You can be in the Xbox ecosystem with just a mobile phone. 
because consoles are expensive and most people do have a phone that is capable of doing the streaming. You may not. And some, you know, that, that is, that's got its own issues, the whole streaming thing. Um, so at that point, it's like, which games that are exclusive to the system do you want? If you can only afford one console and, and even if you only get it used and maybe where your friends are. That that's what I would say. And I would say that Xbox is probably not it anymore unless you have a huge library of Xbox 360 titles that are backwards compatible. So, um, yeah, gaming is expensive. And I think that's why Microsoft wants to kind of get away from the console and basically be able to let you play Xbox games from any screen you may already have for other things. They, I'm sure they would love to get xCloud on TV on smart TVs where you can just play them on your smart TV. You don't even need anything else. It's your TV and it can do it. And Dark Tatsia says, yeah, we're definitely on a tight budget. Uh, hence why we went the series S versus the X. And that's, that's perfectly valid. And I'm, I'm glad you were able to get something. Cause like, yes, this is expensive stuff. Gaming's, gaming has always been an expensive hobby. Always. Uh, E3 Bill says, don't think people are ready for game streaming on mobile, seeing Google Stadia. Um, some people are, uh, and, and Google Stadia, I will say had great technology. It was the service that doomed it. Um, xCloud's doing great for some people. Uh, and, and, it, but it also really depends on what your internet situation is. I have a friend who, uh, lives in, in a place that has, and he has gigabit fiber internet. And he actually said, I, he only played games on Stadia, uh, because the games ran better on Stadia than they did on his PC. Or on his console, because essentially Stadia was basically souped up high-end PCs, and he had gigabit internet, so it was really like low latency. Everything was crisp, clear, no input lag, or no noticeable input lag. There's always input lag, but no noticeable input lag. He obviously wasn't playing Samurai Showdown on it, but he swore by it. And so the problem is the internet infrastructure isn't there to support that for everybody, but for where it worked, it worked really well. Uh, so Michigan's asked, wait, how does gaming on your TV work? Um, and some TVs did this. So some smart TVs nowadays, uh, because smart TVs now have an operating system in them. You know, so like that's why like some smart TVs now have Netflix in them. So you don't need something separate that has Netflix. It connects to your Internet, which means that your TV gets firmware updates in the middle of shows. But let's not talk about that right now. But they've got like Netflix built in and Hulu built in. And what because those are just streaming and something like xCloud it's just streaming and a lot of these TVs will allow you to sync up a bluetooth controller especially if they're kind of made for like have this in mind they will let you sync a bluetooth game controller to your TV and then you're just using xCloud on your TV to stream games over the internet over your personal internet so that's how um, you know, because pod culture says most smart TVs are running some version of Android, which is, and game and game pass runs on Android. Uh, so it runs on Android phones, which means it runs on Android based smart TVs. So that's how it would work. Uh, and you know, it, so that way you don't need like a separate, like Amazon fire stick or anything or a Roku or anything like that. Everything's in your TV. It's one stop shop for, for all those apps. Um, 
And so I know that xCloud wants to get into those TVs and allow you to, you know, yes, you would still have to buy an Xbox controller, but then you could sync your Xbox controller to your TV and you can play Xbox games directly on your TV uh, through the game streaming. DJ Rama S says LG TVs have WebOS, uh, Samsung's have Tizen OS, and the rest are either Android TV, Fire OS, or Roku. Uh, and Tyclo says the issue is TVs from years ago might have an older version of the OS that doesn't support the newer apps, which is always sadly the case. Now that we've got smart TVs, planned obsolescence, the TVs, there's a TV here in my office. I bought it in 2008. It works great because it's a dumb TV. Um, I don't, I, I actually now have a smart TV because I inherited it because we bought one for my mom. Uh, and, and, you know, it became ours when she passed away last year. Uh, but all the rest of my TVs are dumb. They're dumb TVs. And I've had them for like over a decade. Uh, but now, like if you want the newer stuff, yeah, you're going to have to upgrade your TV a couple of years. So every couple of years. And that sucks. That's terrible. So uh, that was last week's news. So I am, uh, you know, so, sorry for that for that news. But I got to say, Phil Spencer actually has a point. As much as people don't want to admit it, he's got a point. Let's talk about what happened this uh, this week. Uh, it was kind of a slow news week. Everybody was off playing video games this week, uh, so they didn't really want to make any news, and and there was just no time for the news. But how about this? I want to talk about this because there's only there's if any if I can ever dunk on Bobby Kotick current CEO of Activision Blizzard, I'm going to take the chance to because uh, I have kicked him out of the Bobby Club. He's not allowed at the Bobby Club meetings. I kicked him out a while ago. So anytime I can uh, I can dunk on Bobby Kotick, I will. And there there was a, an article about where how he sees AI in games. Uh, and he mentioned something, and I, I just have to dunk on it because I'm I'm petty. Kotaku reports that there's always a new tech trend being billed as the future. In 2021, it was NFTs. In, last year, it was the metaverse, and now it's AI. Uh, some of gaming's biggest companies are already getting excited about the prospect of computer-generated graphics and scripts fattening their bottom lines. This week, Electronic Arts CEO Andrew Wilson said gaming would be one of the greatest beneficiaries of AI, and Kotaku has learned that Activision Blizzard CEO Bobby Kotick recently told staff he feels AI will be as transformative for society as the original Macintosh and could even be incorporated into a future guitar hero. This is that's this is where I'm dunking on him. Um, so he was actually asked uh, at a company wide meeting uh, what what role he thought AI would play in the larger video game field moving forward, and uh, he says uh, he said quote uh, I've known Sam Weltman and the folks who are working at OpenAI for a long time. I don't know how much people realize that a lot of modern day AI, including ChatGPT, started with the idea of beating a game whether it was Warcraft or Dota or StarCraft or Go or chess, but what is now these large language learning model AI technologies all started from this idea of beating a game. And I think one of the things I've experienced over the last year is the same feeling that I had when I saw that first Macintosh about how meaningful the impact of AI would be on society, both positive and negative. But for what we do, I think it will have a profound positive impact on the things we'll be able to do in game development for our players. It will enable us to do things that we haven't been able to do for a long time. Here we go. You ready for this? 
You know if you take an example of a thing like Guitar Hero. I've always had this vision for what a new Guitar Hero product could be without having AI, and then the processors embedded either in phones, in computers, or in game consoles that allow you to actually have the speed of processing to enable that AI. We've never been in a place where AI is going to have practical reality and applicability for games until now, and I think when you look over the next five or seven years, the impact in game making is going to be extraordinary. Unquote. He says a lot of word salad in there. But what he's trying to say is that he thinks AI can do this amazing thing where you put in your own song into Guitar Hero and it generates the note map for you so you can play any song in the world in Guitar Hero. SJ Wonder Matt says the exact thing that I was about to say and the entire reason I want to dunk on him. Nobody told him that AI has been used to make charts for songs and music games for a while now. Yeah, um, it was mostly indie games. Um, Audio Surf uh, was one that you could put anything in there. Uh, Beat Hazard, you could put any track in there. And, and it would generate the, the games. Uh, I remember this game on PSP. Remember the PSP? Batteries didn't explode yet. Um, had a game called Beats. B-E-A-T-S. Uh, you could also put in your own, own, own uh, music there, and it would generate a beat map for you. Oh, let's go back even further. Let's go back to the PlayStation. Anybody remember uh, a game called Vib Ribbon? For the PlayStation, it only came out in Japan. It never really came out in the U.S. But I, they did finally release it on the on, on PS3, I think, in the U.S. But but it was a Japanese game. But the entire gimmick of Vib Ribbon is now realized PlayStation. So this is late '90s. You would put in your own music CD, and it would generate the game based on the music on the CD. So Bobby Kotick's like, this could be revolutionary. Guitar- we could use AI to have Guitar Hero make beat map. No, you, you just reinvented the wheel that many other games have, have done before. The reason Guitar Hero didn't do that is probably because the music companies that were licensing the music implored them not to let that happen. Um, That is probably the actual reason why Guitar Hero never used any of the existing AI technologies to generate uh, the beat maps or, or any of that stuff, uh, they, they probably felt they, they probably wanted to do it. And, and Orange Wright even says Harmonix did a little experiment on iPod called Phase that it auto-generated charts for your music. It wasn't great. Um, but it could always get better. Like the first iteration of anything sucks. You generally don't see the first iteration of anything. Sometimes you do. It's called early access. Uh, but that, that it was probably a, a way to get the music companies to actually license the actual tracks. You, they couldn't allow for dynamic generation because they didn't want, you know, especially like the Beatles were very protective of, of how, thing, how, how there was any transformation of their music. Uh, they vetted all of the uh, tracks. So the Beatles rock band existed. And I, if you remember... Beatles rock band, there was a, a staple of rock band that actually was not in the Beatles rock band because the Beatles said, no, you can't do that. Uh, when you're playing drums, you, in order to uh, activate your star power, um, which I forget what it's called. It's been so long since I play rock band. I forget what it's called in rock band. But in order to activate that, 
you would normally in normal rock band games you would play a fill and you would have you it would be just basically you would play whatever you wanted in that section you hit the symbol at the end and that would that would trigger it uh they did not want that they did not want you playing anything different than what Ringo Starr played and so all it was is you know it just counted up and it was a symbol hit and that did it they they took the fills out so I can see that, you know, an, another, you know, band or record label would be like, okay, well, you can have this song, but you cannot make it possible for other people to take other songs of that same artist and have it generate a track. Now, Beat Hazard, Audio Surf, all, all those other games, they didn't have licensed music. So they weren't beholden to the record labels in the same way that a Guitar Hero or a rock band is going to be. S. Jeremiah uh, says, AI is going to be too busy writing the next group of Oscar nominations. Um, this is something I would have brought up last week with AI. Uh, because uh, last week, early last week, uh, the Writers Guild of America went on strike. Because uh, over residuals and over pay over streaming services, because they are paid differently for streaming services than they are uh, for broadcast television, even though they're doing all the, all the same kind of stuff. Uh, and, but also, they are worried about AI. And they're worried about the rise of ChatGPT, uh, and they because that's going to take away their livelihood. And and as part of a union, what unions do is that they fight on behalf of the union members to to make sure that humans are still doing the work. Um, and the movie studios like, haha, lol. Um, so what some movie studios are going to be doing, and this does relate to video games in just a second. But one of the things they're doing is that they're saying, okay, well, we'll just use ChatGPT to write the first draft of scripts now. And then when this strike is over, we're going to have the writers uh, basically edit those and basically like do the rewrites of that from that original script. But they're not going to be able to do the original script. But another thing that they're going to do, uh, what, 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 and this happens in the past, in, in, has, has happened in the past is that the studios will go outside of current screenwriters and say, hey, you want to get into television? Come write some television for us. Come write a movie. They're going to go to video game writers. People, because especially video game writers have a lot more respect now than they did in 2008, the last time the Writers Guild went on strike. And so I can see them going to people who currently work at like a Bioware. Or work at those Sony, Sony first-party companies being like, hey, get some TV credits. Come over here. Get some TV credits. Because they're not in the Guild. They're not in the Writers Guild of America. Because they don't cover the video games yet. They've done this in the past with like book authors and stuff. But screenwriting, doing a television screenwriting, is a lot different than writing a novel or writing a video game, for that matter. Uh, it's probably a little more similar to writing a video game. But it's not it's one-to-one. Not -one. And if you are, uh, if somebody is listening to this and happens to be a writer in video games and was like, you know what, this could be great for my career. I could do that. Don't. And I'm going to tell you why. Uh, the Writers Guild of America, they are very, 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 very good at seeing who crosses the picket line and they will blacklist you. And you will never be a member of the Writers Guild of America, which means that once the strike is over, uh, when that when all the negotiations are done, however long it could take, it took a hundred days last time. Uh, you will never get a job in the industry again. So, don't do it. 
uh, because studios are going to try to do that because production has been halted and that's affecting a lot of other people that aren't writers because, you know, if they can't work on the shows right now, uh, then those people aren't paid either. The the camera crew, the, the, the stage crew sets and, and, and stuff like that. Um, so they're going to try to go, the studios are going to try to get around that. And they're going to try to find people who maybe work in other writing professions to come in and become screenwriters. And that's going to be great in the very, very shorthand. But even if you do amazing, uh, you will never work in the industry again because you won't get any union jobs. Uh, Fifth Dream says he opens a French pa- uh, trench coat full of pens. Hey, kid, want to write movies? S. Jaron Matt says, yeah, kids out of film school or any school will always cross the picket line. Sadly, a lot of them are just looking for a paying job and can't pay the union dues. Um, and uh, and uh, DJ Ramos says this strike could affect my job. I'm really sorry about that. Uh, that's that's all that always sucks to hear. Um, but uh, the, 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 there are a lot of writers that can't pay rent because they're screenwriters on like hit streaming shows but the contracts are written so poorly and uh, because of the rise of streaming that uh, they, they're not getting paid all that much for that. And then the show gets canceled because the algorithm says so. Uh, so, you know, they're, they're trying to fight for them. And then I believe SAG, Screen Actors Guild, uh, their contract negotiation is this summer. They may also go on strike. And part of that is going to be over all the AI recreations because people are like, well, we can just take your voice and take your pic, you know, and we can just have AI be you. And then we don't need to pay you anymore. We just need to pay you less and, you know, or, or at all, uh, depending on what license you give us to your likeness. And we can just keep using you. As Jeremiah says, it's going to last a while. Sadly, they're going to go through the end of the year. So, um, yeah, we're free. I live in Atlanta. Um, you know, we are, uh, I guess, I, I don't know what they're calling us now. Some I've heard Yollywood is one of the things that we're called right now um, because we do have a lot of shows that are, that are filmed here. I have um, a friend of mine, their kids were rescued uh, in, in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Uh, so, very minor spoiler. I'm very sorry. Uh, won't tell you anything more than that, but I, I some of my friend's kids uh, we're, we're rescued there. Um, I've got other friends that, that were also in like the Guardians Christmas special and they still film a lot of that stuff here. Uh, and we're feeling the pinch because like there are places that are like, yeah, we're, we're a studio space and now we don't know what's going to happen because nothing's filming there anymore. Yeah, but the studio heads, they're bringing home, you know, $250 million a year. And yet writers are struggling to pay rent. We're going to take a quick music break uh, so we can stop talking about uh, sad stuff. And then uh, we'll let you call in talking about uh, anything going on in the gaming industry. If you want to call in and talk about Zelda, that's fine. Fifth Dream will tune out. But but uh, I, I don't mind hearing about it because uh, I haven't played it. And uh, I, I've been I've been playing. I'm on Final Fantasy 3 of the Pixel Remasters. I made it through 1 and 2. And then they, they shadow dropped Picross S9 right in the middle of that. So, like, I'm like, finally, I got more Picross and... Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we can talk about anything going on in the gaming industry that you want to talk about. You're participating with the Bobby Blackwell Show and the Voice Geeks Network at twitch.tv slash vognetwork. If you want some cake, listen to the Bobby Blackwell Show. Speaking of AI mothers... 
That actually was Ellen McLean. I got like a 30-day free trial to like an auto-tune software so I could make it sound like GLaDOS. Uh, but yeah, that actually was her. I actually interviewed her and her husband. Uh, and then um, John Patrick Lowry, Lowry, who was the sniper in Team Fortress 2. That's what you know him as. Uh, and uh, and she did that bumper for me and did it basically as if she was recording GLaDOS. And then I went and made it. You don't have to be an AI hell-bent on destroying the world uh, to, to leave a bumper. All you got to do is send me an MP3 of your voice or a video of just your voice. I will choose which DMCA violation to put it behind it. Uh, and contact me either on social media or something else. Uh, or, or bumpers at bobbyblackwolf.com if you wanted to use old school email. Uh, and uh, we can uh, we can talk about it that way. So we do have somebody that's in the green room real quick. So we're going to go ahead and, uh, and actually do a green room call. Uh, somebody who wants to call in. So uh, we're going to bring him in here right now. Uh, Bobby Blackwell Show, you are on the air. Who is this? Hey, what's going on? It's me. It's Ronma. How's it going, Bobby? Ronma, what's going on, man? Not too much. I'm just getting back into the swing of things with life conventions and all that good stuff, you know. Yeah. Are you happy that conventions are coming back now? I am, but at the same time, I'm not. That's a story for another time. Okay. But I, I kind of want to drop some, and I want to talk a bit about this whole Xbox thing real quick. Okay. All right. I just want to put it out there. I work for Microsoft. I'm okay. a bit of a Microsoft fan, but I'm a bit okay. of a shill. Okay. But I know, you know, when 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 call spade a spade, you know, right? I know that much. Okay. I I don't see Microsoft leaving Xbox. I don't see them making this announcement saying they're going out of the console business. Yes, they are basically in third, but I still see them going for another couple of generations before they call it quits because. The Xbox division might not be making that much money as they expected, but Bobby, you and I, we're, we're on the backside of things. Mm-hmm. I'm talking IT and so forth. You know where Microsoft makes their money. Yes. And some of that trickles down over to the consumer side, so yeah. it's not so bad. Yeah. I, there was something that I was told at Microsoft when I was working there. When promoting the products, they basically said, you can't promote the products if you don't have them. So they gave us stuff, you know, to have. Right. If they're going to continue to promote Game Pass, I still see them putting out another variant of the Xbox. <laughs> I, I see this happening for a little while longer. Because, yes, why buy an Xbox when you have a powerful PC? Right. And I always tell people, because I don't game on my PC. Yes, I built myself a gaming PC, but I do multimedia work. Mm-hmm. I stream. I do all of that first, then gaming. Yeah. I mean, me and a friend, we used to play PSO2 all the time. And now we still play, but we, instead of us playing on through Xbox Live on the consoles, we now play on PC mm-hmm. and through Discord. Yeah. I, I love I love Game Pass, and it's true. That Game Pass subscription has saved me money on games I would not throw money at. Yeah. And there have been times I've played some great Game Pass games. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go out and drop the 20 and 30 bucks and get a physical copy of it, because that's right. how much I like it. And honestly, I mean, maybe it's just me, but gaming is more fun when you're sitting in front of a console in front of your sweet 43 50 inch TV mm-hmm. as opposed to a 27 inch monitor but yes you could do that on PlayStation you can do that on switch 
the Switch doesn't have the, the raw horsepower as compared to a Microsoft or Sony or console. Yes, I could get a PS5, but honestly, there's only two games on it that I want, and I can perfectly wait. One of them yeah. I can get on PS4, the other I can wait. I am waiting for the redesign. I don't. I just don't see Microsoft leaving fans yeah. high and dry. I, if, I, I don't think they are either. I think what he's yeah. trying to, what he was trying to get across is that like yeah. they're not leaving the Xbox console, but mm-hmm. they're not going to spend the money to try to become number two or number one in the console hardware race. And you want to know something? This is the second time they have learned th- learned that lesson. You mm-hmm. want to know the first time? When was the first time? Remember the Microsoft stores? Yeah. Their their flagship store, they dropped $65 million on it. That came directly out of the advertising budget. The reason why the Microsoft stores layout looks similar to the Apple stores, they hired Apple de- people who designed the Apple stores mm-hmm. to do this. And then when the pandemic came around, they closed all the stores except for four and turned them into experience centers. Mm-hmm. But the thing was, these stores were making money hand over foot. The theory was because they were doing this deal with GameStop, Microsoft was going to purchase GameStop, and I don't see that happening. And i tell you this right now. If they did, at least 65% of the people that work at GameStop will be handed their walking papers in two weeks. Because mm-hmm. Microsoft don't play that mess. They don't. Yeah. But that's, again, sorry for another time. Mm-hmm. And to go back to what Michigan says about affording a console, a, a PC parts, I, I totally agree. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, you can either drop $500 on an Xbox console, or you can spend up to $1,000 on a gaming PC, and depending on who makes it and the parts that are inside, it may not play as well. But at least if you get it on a console, you're solid. And then it goes back to, so get a PlayStation. Me, I could. Xbox goes back backwards compatibility since day one. Yes. I mean, the fact that I could put Conker's Bad Fur Day in my Series X and mm-hmm. play it, that, yeah. that, that tells you something, you know. Yeah. Yeah, so I just think what's going to happen is Microsoft is going to continue. They're just going to go at their own beat. They're going to do this and do that because they were the ones saying there is no console war, and Sony's like, you know what? You're right. And Microsoft, no, Nintendo's over here in the corner like, Told you so. Yeah. I only worry when Microsoft steps up and says, we're ending the line of Surface devices. When they say they're ending Surfaces, oh, they're dropping they're dropping the yeah. GT on Xbox any day now after that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and yeah, so I think Microsoft, sure. they want to be a platform. Yeah. And they want Xbox to be a platform. They want uh, the console to be a part of the platform, but they want the Xbox platform to be their legacy in gaming and not necessarily just the console where Sony is like, we're the PlayStation console and Nintendo is being Nintendo. Yeah. And, and besides, if they're going to go that route, they need their own hardware to show yeah. that it works. Oh yes. It'll work great on your cell phones, but look how great at game pass and Xbox works on our surface devices and our Xbox. You gotta have that to show that it works. Yeah. yeah. Great call. So, I appreciate the insight. Anytime, so I'm here for brother. I'm going to go on my little way because I know you got contact uh, yep. Rob and the crew. So you yep. take care. Have a good one, brother. You too. Thank you All so right. much. No problem. 
So, uh, yeah, that, thank you so much for that call. It's, uh, it's good when we get some calls like that. Uh, so coming up next here on the Voice Geeks Network at twitch.tv slash VOG Network is Orange Lounge Radio. It's three people out in Sacramento, California. They talk about games for much, much longer than I do. Uh, and we like to check in with them, especially because I wasn't here last week, and I'm, they're not going to be here th- next week. So this is the only time I get to talk to them. Sacramento, are you there? I am here, Bobby. How are you? I, I am doing well. I assume you talked about that Xbox story last week. I haven't I haven't oh. watched them yet. A little bit. We focused a little more on the the Redfall quote and kind of because that mm-hmm. game had just come out and, you know, it was kind of poorly received. We talk a little bit about mm-hmm. that. And just, you know, for me, um, a, certainly a standout in that interview was the fact that Phil Spencer did something we don't usually see CEOs on this side of the ocean do, and that is take some accountability for what happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, a certain other CEO you quoted earlier in the show would certainly never do that. Right. Um, so we, we were a little more focused on the Redfall um, portion than... And uh, the part you talked about tonight, though, um, you know, something something interesting about Microsoft, I I think right now um, they're cloud gaming, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I, I know you got into this a little bit, but I certainly think that is, you know, according to certain British legal systems, Xbox mm-hmm. is running unopposed in that area right now, yeah. um, or at least that's the impression. So as cloud gaming begins to really take off, you know, I see Microsoft really positioned to do well there. And and when does uh, cloud gaming take off? Well, as I've been saying for some time, when 5G over the air becomes available in most of the uh, 48, you know, 48 uh, land landlocked states, then mm-hmm. that's when I believe yeah. you're going to see uh, 5G and, and cloud streaming re- and uh, go hand in hand and really complement each other and go off. And, and one thing that, that Rama did say, and I in because Rama acted like everybody knew what he was saying in this, which which I knew because he's like I because he and I both work in, in software or in computers and IT and software and stuff, different variations of IT. And he's like, you know, where Microsoft makes your money. Where Microsoft makes their money is on business software to large enterprise clients. And I'm not talking Star Trek. I'm talking like these are your Fortune 500 companies. And so like Microsoft Office is huge for them. Uh, Microsoft SQL Server is huge for them. You know, things things like that. That is where Microsoft makes the bulk of their money. The consumer division is very, very low, is very low end. But Sony doesn't have something like that. Like Sony has TVs, but like Sony's all consumer. And Nintendo is basically all gaming. Microsoft has these other aspects that can come in, you know, bring that do feed into the consumer side of things, which is basically Xbox and Bing are basically the the two things. One tiny little footnote I want to add to that is that Sony also does television and movies, which certainly right. is consumer. But the only reason I bring that up is because Microsoft, it looked like, was going to go there at one point and then retreated quickly, which yeah. I always thought was interesting. Yeah, they probably looked and was like, that's probably not a good idea. And yeah. and they probably realized they couldn't compete. And kind of like how they're learning they can't really compete in the console-specific market anymore, which is why they're changing the rules of the game for themselves. And they think mm-hmm. that's going to work because Microsoft always existed and changed the rules of the game. Mm-hmm. Like, that was what that's Microsoft's MO since the 80s. Why not? It's worked for Nintendo. Yeah. And so I, I'm. I, this is not the end of any Xbox anything. It's no. just it is they, they are basically saying the quiet part out loud that like they're in a platform war, not a console war. Mm-hmm. They're like Sony won the console war. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. Nintendo even said, Sony, you won the console war. Congratulations. Like everybody said, Sony, you won. Congrats. And Sony's like desperately hoping somebody will, you know, keep fighting them. 
And I think it's also important to note, just because Sony won the console war does not mean you need to kiss the ring of the winner. Right. And I think there's a lot of people this weekend that are, you know, knees deep in Zelda Breath of the Wild. I know you didn't talk about it a lot, or excuse me, Tears of the Kingdom. Hello, mm-hmm. uh, living in 20, you know, uh, late 2017. 2010s. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, but um, I, I just because Sony, you know, appears to have won the console war doesn't necessarily mean it need to, needs to have won it for you. Uh, And I think that's a very important thing to put out there. And the same thing really goes with Microsoft, you know, like and I I know people get really I don't think many of the people that listen to this show. I I like to think you and I have a little bit more of a mature audience on the two shows that we host. But um, (laughs) uh, there are some people out there that feel like, you know, uh, they're, they're Microsoft not winning the console war somehow devalues what they're into. And this is totally not the case. Right. It, it, well, it's that, and here's here's where some of them are coming from, and it's because and it's hard for, for us to kind of see this because this is not where we're coming from. But a lot of them, they can only afford one, and mm-hmm. so they need to justify their purchase. So if they bought an Xbox and they're like, "I'm going to be Xbox," this is disheartening news because they're like, "Okay, I pick, I chose poorly because all I can afford is one." And Phil Spencer just came out on this podcast and said, we're not going to be trying to be the best console. We're not going to be putting out first party titles that are better than Sony's. We can't. And that feels like a betrayal because they're like, I could only afford one and I chose poorly. And that's why they have that. They have that desire for Xbox to be number one because their money is there. They spent their hard earned money and they, they can't, they can't be like you and I. Uh, which we've been very fortunate in in what's been you know how, how we've been able to to come through this world uh, and and have the jobs that we do and stuff like that. Like we can afford to have multiple consoles, but most people can't, and that's why they have to pick early which horse they want to back. And so when their horse does not do well, they lash out. That is true for now. Yeah, but when Microsoft has their eye on the a long game. And mm-hmm. someday your TV is going to have that Xbox player or that Xbox app built in for the cloud and is going to, you know, run your mobile's got 5G. It's not going to matter which one you chose because yeah. you just need the right app. Yeah. So he's playing the long game. Yeah. We'll see how that play that works out. Yep. So, uh, so yeah. And are you excited that uh, there might be a Guitar Hero that has auto-generated beat maps? Because we've never had that in music games ever, 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 ever. Absolutely not, because the one thing I I, I'm sorry, I was kind of also preparing for tonight's show, so I didn't hear every point you made. But um, one thing I think is very important to point out about the majority of those games you named is that they're all pretty terrible. Uh, Every time that, you know, you have those automated uh, note charts, they're almost always terrible. Now, before people come at me with the pitchforks and torches, I'm going to give Vibribbon a pass because it's cute. And that's me. That makes it a little bit different. And plus, I always felt that that particular game was not quite as big on like accuracy and kind of did some different things to the mechanic that made it a little easier. But those games that tried to basically emulate what Guitar Hero or, you know, you name the game, many a 2DX was doing with the automated charts, they're terrible. Yeah. But hey, ChatGPT may fix that. Who knows? Sure. Uh, what are you going to be talking about tonight? Uh, we'll talk a little bit about Zelda, which is going to be interesting because I haven't played it yet. I don't believe Dark Soccer has played. Maybe Loki, but I kind of doubt that too because he was streaming Minecraft a lot this weekend. 
So we're going to you guys uh, to talk about Tears of the Kingdom and uh, Zelda. Also, with that, I want to talk about, um, you know, this game's been getting overwhelmingly positive reviews, but there's been a site out there that's been getting a lot of attention on social media because they dared to give a middle-of-the-road review. Not a bad review, but like a 6 out of 10 review, Mm -hmm. uh, which, you know, in this day and age might as well be bad. They might as well have given it an F. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about that and why should that matter? And is that a clickbait or is there a legitimacy to that? We're going to get into that a little bit tonight with all that. Uh, as far as other news goes, we can talk about, um, ooh, uh, since we were talking about cloud gaming, there's a Stadia exclusive that does not exist anywhere in the cloud anymore because RIP Stadia, but it's going to be coming to more platforms very soon. Some exciting news on that. And, ooh, the best way you can compliment a streamer if you are unable to do that financially with um, subs and bits and all that is to help make clips of a channel and Twitch introducing a new tool this last week that's going to make those mm-hmm. clips even more portable to other platforms like TikTok. And we're going to talk a little bit about that. Awesome. Uh, Orange Lounge Radio is up next. You will not be here next week. No. I will not be here in two weeks. My turn for the day job to get in the way. Yeah. Yeah. I will not be here in two weeks, but you may still hear. I may do the same thing I did last year for you in two weeks. Oh, fun. Yes. That would be be fantastic. I love that. Because I saw the arcade list. And so I can like do do some quick pans of the arcade for you, so you can be all jealous of all the stuff I'm going to be playing all week. At Heck yeah, I can't wait, can't wait. Gosh, maybe maybe I need to go to one of those arcade room shows at some point. We'll see. We'll maybe. see. We'll see. Uh, yeah. So yeah, Orange Sound Radio is up next. I will talk to you again in in back back and forth in three weeks. You'll you'll hear from me. I'll invade your show in two weeks. But but uh, yep, have a good Anytime. show. Thank you. All right. Uh, Orange Orange Radio is up next. Thanks so much. Uh, We will be back next Sunday night alone. Just me. Sunday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, right here at the Voice Geeks Network Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash VOG Network. Come join us and interact with the show directly. Um, You can uh, find me on social media at Bobby Blackwolf on most places. MSTDN.games is my Mastodon instance that I am on. Uh, and, uh, you can, and also on our discord server, vognerwork.com slash discord. Uh, if you like the show, tell a friend, if you hate the show, tell an enemy. I don't care. Just tell someone the show is not for everybody, but it may be for somebody who does not know about it yet, but we would not be able to make this work without, uh, the, the help of people who are able to go above and beyond you being here is really all that we really ask for. But there are some people that do go above and beyond and we thank them for it. So thank you so much. We did have a hype train tonight. It looks like, um, did we have a hype train? I'm trying to get to where we were. All right. Dark, uh, Dark Tetsuya resubscribed. Thank you so much. Uh, they said they've been resubscribed for 28 months. Uh, he says, happy 28-month anniversary, uh, anniversary plus officially over a year streak. Something, something about Twitch math. Yes, it's it's Dark Tetsuya has been here for way longer than 28 months. Uh, Fifth Dream resubscribed. Thank you so much. Another month, another sub. Sean322 cheers 200 bits saying a hype train is co- close. I'm sorry. I got to do the hype. I got to practice that i gotta do that in two weeks uh hype train is closed so we did get the hype train i believe uh and then uh paleonomea resubscribed as well as ssj 100 matt resubscribed thank you so much uh for for that uh and uh yeah so i'm gonna go ahead and hit this button uh that plays the outro music and we will get to you can go back to you can watch olr and then in a couple hours you can go back to playing tears of the kingdom but watch olr first and I'll see you. I will see you next week. Bye. A winner is you.
The views and opinions expressed are those of the hosts, guests, and callers only and are not necessarily the opinions of the Vogue Network, people who need to hire new voiceover guys, or your mom. Although if Bobby said it, it really should be. This has been a production of Bobby Blackwolf Studios.